Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Michael Posbon, and you are listening to the very first episode of the VGM Generations podcast. I'm joined today by my very, very good friends, Aaron Blauchuk. Hello! Oh, was that my cue? Yeah, that was your cue. <laughs> and Jordan Jay, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, since this is our first podcast, we thought we would start by giving our greatest home console hits. So this is just home console. This isn't uh, PC. This isn't portable. Just home console. So, um, and we're going to start on the third console generation, which is technically the NES Master System generation, and go all the way up to the current generation, Wii U, Xbox One, PS4. We did search through the library of the first and second generation of video games, but trust us, you don't want to listen to that music. Little song. Should we uh, like say what we're all about since it's the first thing? Like, what is VGM generation? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write a blurb for this. Anyway, the idea is that uh, there's the three of us, and uh, we come from sort of like different histories, backgrounds with gaming, and uh, grew up with different systems and that kind of thing. But we've all sort of been in the game a long time, so it's like gaming music through the generations. Because we've been gaming since young kids to present day and we've got a lot of experience so. and hopefully hopefully between all three of us we can cover a pretty big variety of the games that are out there so. yeah. yeah we love all all sorts of genres and all types of music so and we all kind of have our we all kind of have slightly different um glory days of gaming if you will uh you know my I'm old <laughs> yeah because i'm i'm probably i'm well not probably i am the youngest of the group um my my you know, high school, elementary, great days of gaming came in the 64, and a lot of it was in the uh, Xbox 360 generation, um, PS3 generation, whereas Jordan in particular has a massive affinity for the NES stuff, and, and Aaron as well. My first so. system was the Atari 2600. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and my, my first was the Genesis, so that gives you kind of an idea of, of where we are. And I was learning to type on the Commodore 64. There you go. There you go. So uh, diving right in, um, I think I'll start with my NES pick. All right. So for my NES pick, uh, it is the menu theme from Blades of Steel. Um, until just very recently, I hadn't actually uh, played this game before. And uh, I was over at Jordan's place the other day, and he's got a beautiful, beautiful, massive collection of NES games. And uh, we we decided I had to play it if I was going to pick it. So and the game is uh, absolutely hilarious. Uh, you're constantly fighting. <laughs> the fights are awesome. The fights are awesome. It's just button mashing fights, and then sometimes I, love, I just have to say this yeah. about fighting is that I love the fact that the guy who loses the fight goes to the penalty box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the guy that loses, and then you're short a player yeah. because you lost the fight. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's you, crazy. That's real hockey. Man. Yeah. And uh, actually, where I heard this song the first time was on um, IGN's Game Scoop podcast, the 8-bit radio version of that podcast. And uh, I just wanted to say right now, uh, thanks to Damon Hatfield, I've been listening to that podcast pretty much since its inception, and he kind of is my inspiration for doing this. So I don't know if he'll ever hear this, but I just wanted to throw that out there. So uh, that being said, let's hop right into the music.
All right, so that was the Blades of Steel uh, menu music. Um, one of the things about that, and me and Jordan discussed this, is that I love part of the reason I love that song is because it's got such a sweet like bass track. And I, I used to have a friend that would make fun of me for every every one of my favorite songs was my favorite song because I had because it had a great bass line, and I never realized until he would say it, and then I would be like, oh yeah, shit, that song does have a good bass line. So yeah. yeah. It's a, it's, it's a great game, absolutely. Uh, but one thing, if you haven't played it and you're going to try it, make sure you start as player one if you're playing with your friends because you get to a certain point in the game where there's an intermission between the second and the third. And if you're player one and you get lucky, then uh, you get to play a little demo of, of Gradius for the Nintendo. So. Yeah, and if you're really fast, you actually get to beat the boss at the end of the thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and the last time we played it, Jordan actually beat the yeah. boss, so that was great. Yeah. If you're unlucky, you have to watch a bear take a, splat, a slap shot. <laughs> a slap <but>. shot. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll jump into the next track. Um, one of my top choices was uh, the game Silver Surfer on the Nintendo Entertainment System by one of my all-time favorite composers, Tim Fallen. He's pretty prominent in the 80s and 90s for video game music, but he also has an unfortunate record of being attached to some of the worst video games of all time. But uh, what makes a lot of those games really stand out is how awesome the soundtracks were for them and how much uh, he was able to push the NES sound chip. So without further ado, uh, we'll listen to the Silver Surfer soundtrack by uh, Tim Fallen and actually his brother Jeff Fallen. <laughs> the Silver Surfer soundtrack <laughs> on the Nintendo Entertainment System. That was actually Level 2 by Tim and Jeff Fallen. The entire soundtrack of that game is absolutely amazing, but the game is punishing as hell. So, you know, if you're going to play it, either have a game genie or prepare, be warned, be warned. <laughs> prepare to die. The, the thing with that soundtrack that I just cannot believe is how amazing it sounds for an NES soundtrack like, like it's almost like there's samples in it like when yeah, that chime comes in it's like 
a sample of a chime, yeah. but it's not. It's just no, the mastery yeah. of the actual of the chip itself. Chip, yeah. yeah, they did an amazing job. So, oh yeah, me. Uh, all right, I picked something. You know, mine's not as obscure, I think, as maybe everyone else's. Mine's a song that I just assume that everyone's heard and that everyone already loves because there's a billion remixes of it on the internet, and I probably have like half of those already. Yeah. And I've probably attempted to remix it myself in yeah. the past. But no, <laughs> no NES generation discussion is complete without talking about Capcom. Capcom's important. Absolutely. Yep. Mega Man is important. Yep. Love Mega so, Man. So, yeah, Mega Man 2 is the best, and I don't want to hear any arguments. <laughs> <about> <laughs> uh, Three. <laughs> but uh, I picked Dr. Wily's Castle, the first part of Dr. Wily's Castle from Mega Man 2. And it's just one of those ones that if I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing that is in a constant loop, in the back of my head yeah. because it, it motivates me to do things. It's just, so. yeah, it's like, it's the quintessential NES Capcom yeah. sound. And though I'm going to do this, and we're probably going to do this from time to time, I'm going to mention, give, give credit where credit is due, and because a lot of the composers are Japanese and I'm going to butcher names, and it's, it's a given. Yeah. So it, this one is composed by Takashi Tateishi. So here is the Wiley's Castle theme. It. That's the song of my childhood, and I wanted to mention I had a really, really hard time picking between that and the Metal Man stage from that game, yeah. also. Or you know, you could say that about any stage yeah, in the game. Yeah. But for me, Metal Man is the guy you choose. It's the first level you tackle in that game, so that's the first thing that comes to mind when yeah. I hear that. But <laughs> while that's for that game, this is the Mega Man theme, as we were just talking about. Like yeah. when people think Mega Man music, that's the song that usually comes to mind. For I sure. know, I know everyone's heard it, but. I've got to throw it in there. Just because just because it's popular doesn't mean it doesn't deserve a spot here. We don't want to be hipster and too obscure all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I want to give credit where credit is due to the big names. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think Woodman is probably my favorite from uh, that game. I just, I don't know, there's something about that theme I just love. Great what's theme, what's your favorite? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, from that game, I would have to say Airman. Airman? It's pretty, yeah, Airman's pretty close to my, it's my heart. On I, have one, to, yeah. I have to give a note on that. I actually have something written down here on that. Is that... Uh, the uh, Manami Matsuame, Matsu, Matsume uh, composed the music for the first Mega Man game and contributed the Airman music to that game. That's the only one not composed oh, by Takashi Tadaishi. Oh, there you go. The Airman stage was composed by the original Mega Man. That's, a, that's actually a really cool little fact. I learned something new. Yeah. yeah. Me too. All right, so 
That's our NES pick. So now we're into the SNES generation. Well, I want to mention that, yeah, oh. that's our NES pick, but you know, we're talking about just generation. 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 Yes. If you Sorry. had a Master yes. System game, exactly. that you absolutely, loved, absolutely. had a great soundtrack, though no one had a Master System, and I don't know if it had any music worth mentioning. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. I never had one. So uh, <laughs> On to the next generation. On to the next generation. So this is, this is the uh, fourth generation, technically. So this is the Genesis SNES generation. 16-bit era. 16-bit era, you bet. And uh, my pick is from the Genesis, which was my first ever console. I remember the Christmas I got it. I remember my dad not being able to hook it up to the TV, and I had to figure it out myself. Uh, and this is from uh, Hyperstone Heist, is my pick. And the song is Sewer Surfing. Uh, Hyperstone Heist and Turtles in Time, which a lot more people played, um, are essentially the same game. Um, the track is called Sewer Surfing. In Turtles in Time, you actually are surfing through a sewer, um, but in Hyperstone Heist, you are surfing across the ocean. However, they still called it Sewer Surfing. So, um, so just for those who aren't in the know, we are talking about a Ninja Turtles game. Here. Yes, sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned that, but... Uh, Turtles yeah. in Time, Turtles Sewer in time. Surfing. There you if go. If you're familiar with the franchise, yeah, yeah, maybe it, it, you've heard. Yeah. You, you can get into it. But um, uh, And there, there are like three or four versions of this track across... Um, SNES, Genesis, and the arcade, and I think there was a PC one as well. Um, my personal favorite, and it's probably got a lot to do with nostalgia, is the Genesis one. The the Genesis almost had like a distortion sound in the bass, and I just love it. And it like it adds something different to it, and uh, I it's just absolutely my favorite one. It's that classic that, Genesis twang. That that, yeah, everyone yeah. that knows Genesis that, loves. Yeah. That yeah. FM chip, that that was the reason you owned a Genesis. Yeah, it was a like, big part of it. Super Nintendo sure. just couldn't reach those. And blast crazy, processing. <laughs> yeah, those crazy bassy electronic lows that, yeah, the, the, that the Genesis, Genesis could, could hit. So. Yeah. so yeah, so here is Sewer Surfing from Hyperstone Heist. surfing i just i love the bass sound i love like the i just that little run it's just like i don't know it's the sound of my childhood i rented that game i could have bought that game five times for as many times as my parents rented that for me when i was a kid and i was actually playing this song for my mom the other night and she's like i recognize that song and i was like oh my god yeah, she probably I guess paid I like five times the price of the game yeah absolutely yeah she, she remembers because it's a horrible memory of, <laughs> of how much money she wasted on that game i i almost picked that song on that exact same soundtrack, but for the Super Nintendo. When I saw that it was already on your list, it was uh, you know, a tough decision to, to jump over to another game, but I ended up going with Mega Man X. Now, I know we've already played Mega Man, but uh, you can't beat the Capcom library from the 80s and 90s, and Mega Man X was, had a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, I remember playing that game as a kid, wrenching it from the local video store, and every time I'd go down there, it was like, 
it was always it always had the rented sticker on it. I don't know if anyone remembers renting video games from the store, but yeah. I mean that was a nightmare every time I walked in there. Oh, and, yeah. and the sticker <laughs> said it was gone. And then I found out later that the owner just had it at their house. It oh, was, really? it was that, that good of a game. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. never returned. Oh. Yeah. That's too bad because the rental store that was near my house, they hated games, so it was never worried. So you never had yeah. to worry, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it was awesome. It was, uh, you know, I, I eventually got my hands on a copy of the game, and uh, since then I've been in love with it ever since. So jumping into my next track, uh, we have Spark Mandrill Level from Mega Man X. Let's take a listen. song spark mandrel on Mega Man X for the Super Nintendo originally came out in the year 21 XX spark <laughs> mandrel yeah <laughs> it's perfectly fine yeah yeah actually that was 1993 but if you've played the game you know everything happens in the year 21 XX yeah. very mysterious stuff in the Mega Man universe yeah and uh, I was see I was a Genesis kid and so I never had all the Super Nintendo stuff I was all about the Genesis and the yeah. basic FM chip yeah, and all that kind of too, stuff. So, yeah, for my uh, for my uh, pick for the this generation, it is a Genesis song, and uh, there was on, on that on the Genesis there was a series called Fantasy Star. People mostly nowadays know it from Fantasy Star Online, but before that it was actually an RPG series, which was kind of like the Sega answer to Final Fantasy, right? And I love that series; it was great. And this was the uh, this one's from so the game is called Fantasy Star Four: End of the Millennium. This is actually the staff roll song, so it's the one that plays at, during the credits, but it's a remix of the intro song, and uh, both of the, those tracks are incredible. This one's just was such a cool remix that I had to include it for my pick for the Genesis generation.
Fantasy Star 4 End of the Millennium staff role. And uh, I just the only other thing I can say about that one is that same composer as Fantasy Star 3, which is one of my all-time favorite soundtracks, but the 4 was more of like a hard rock inversion, where it was a much more <laughs> intense, electrical-sounding one, where yeah. 3 was like a break in the series, where it was all you know much more mellow and melodic and oh, okay. orchestral, I guess you could say. Right on. Right and 3 on. was on the Genesis as well? Yeah, it was okay. actually it was uh, 2, 3, and 4 were on the Genesis, but the original Fantasy Star was a Master System game. Awesome. Oh, okay. Re-released at one point on the Game Boy Advance. They actually did a Fancy Star collection on the Game Boy Advance, and it killed me because the Game Boy Advance could not replicate the Genesis sound chip well. Right. It, yeah. Of course. That was that was the thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the game the game looked right. It just didn't sound right. Yeah. 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 All right. So now we're on to the next generation, uh, which is the N sixty four. I guess PS one generation, and uh, for me, for my pick. Uh, Again, going with one of the classics, one of the ones everyone's probably heard a hundred times. It's been remixed a million times, uh, mashed up, but I absolutely love it. It like I like stopped when I was playing the game the first time. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Jordan was making clapping hands, which is uh, Smooth McGroove. If uh, if you don't know him, as a uh, YouTube kind of star, and he does all vocal covers of songs I guess and he's acapella versions acapella versions yeah perfect um, and uh, he does Gerudo Valley and he does this really strange clap to make uh, to make the clapping sound in it but uh, but no it's it's fantastic I love that guy too many a day just spent listening to his uh, playlists but uh, Gerudo Valley from Ocarina of Time of course um, one uh, my, my small anecdote from this is I became so obsessed with this song at one point that uh, I used to go to school extremely early in junior high because my dad used to drop me off and he always wanted to be at work at like five. So um, I would spend a lot of my mornings in the band, in the band room. And one morning I went into the band room and I sat down on the keyboard and I was like, I absolutely must learn the chords for this song. <laughs> so I just sat there with the chords and like with the headphones on listening to like the first part of the song like the first 10 seconds a thousand times trying to get that chord and I, I pretty much but by, by the end of the morning I had a pretty decent uh, idea of it I didn't really do anything with it after that but mm. but nevertheless so this is Gerudo Valley composer the great you know legendary Koji Kondo game came out in 1998 one of the greatest games no question of all time in a lot of people's top five top ten lists so Gerudo Valley from Ocarina of Time
right, so that was Gerudo Valley, Ocarina of Time. Again, one of the greatest songs of all time, remixed a million times, covered a million times, but uh, we all still love it. We all still love to hear every new rendition of it. It's just, it's just one of those classic songs that just never gets old. Yeah, I think you hear that song and you immediately are brought back to the past. Yeah. No pun intended to the series, <laughs> but I mean, you honestly, you feel it like sucks you through time. You go back in time to when you were a kid yeah. and uh, you have fond memories of playing Ocarina of Time for sure. Yeah. Uh, my next pick is also from the Nintendo 64. It was actually one of the first releases. It might actually be the very first release by Rare on the N64. And it is the game Blast Core. And the title that I have chosen is Argent Towers. And uh, it's actually a very funky tune. Let's take a listen. song yeah I think uh, one of the interesting things about that entire soundtrack is uh, kind of the fun weird juxtaposition between the gameplay which is essentially robots giant trucks construction sites explosions and then you have this underlying country weird kind of redneck soundtrack and then you have a, a tune just like that that we were listening to and uh, you know it kind of breaks it up real nice with some funk you know yeah. like during the break we were, we were talking about you know some comparisons to toe jam and earl and a bit of that porn groove kind of thing <laughs> going on so that porn slap face yeah oh it's funny because leading into mine uh, also picked an n64 game we're very n64 centric yeah, around maybe here maybe a little Nintendo bias my uh, my pick is actually it's it's a very funky pick as well and it's like totally disco inspired it's all like brassy horns and like that sort of wow 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 kind of stuff <laughs> got the wah pedal yeah, in there yeah, got the exactly pedal. so my, my pick is actually the intro song for a game called Beetle Adventure Racing and uh, Beetle Adventure Racing was kind of funny because it was this weird mashup of a game with like let's make a racing game but with the new Volkswagen Beetle in it for some reason and was it, it like licensed? Did yeah, like, oh, it was officially yeah, licensed. Okay, yeah. Beetle Adventure Racing. So Volkswagen, Volkswagen had a thing. big part in it. Funny story about that is, is that they couldn't get the Volkswagen licensing, I think in Europe, even though, you know, it's a German <laughs> company. So in Europe, it was a different game. It was like, uh, it was still, it was just called like Adventure Racing, or maybe it was Australia or something. Oh, okay. But they uh, had a completely different they had car. They changed the cars? I, I can't oh, remember okay. what they car they actually take out logos in. and whatnot? It's and... a completely different car. Oh, okay. The Beetle is such a distinctive thing. It's that funny little half-shell yeah. kind of of deal so it was a completely different car so weird but the same game and, so weird and the thing is the game was so goofy and wacky it was like there's dinosaurs maybe it's like it a little too goofy for us it's germans maybe we'll not have so goofy <laughs> games in our country oh but man like that. you're basically you're going off jumps doing 360s through waterfalls and ufos are crashing and you know going off of ski jumps and big cheers and it was actually developed by um 
uh, I think it's Paradigm Entertainment who did Pilot Wing 64. So this was like their follow-up to Pilot Wing 64. Oh, wow. oh so, I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so let's take a listen to the intro song from Beetle Adventure Racing. That was Beetle Adventure Racing, the funky disco Volkswagen Beetle song. And one thing I have to mention about that is that it became so tied to just like action driving to me is that I was telling these guys earlier that uh, I took that game and recording it off of my stereo to tape so I could play it in the tape deck in my car while I drive around, like grooving to the funky Beetle funky, Adventure Racing. Funky Tronic Sound. There you go. Adventure Racing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, so that is that for that generation. Now we're on to the, so three, four, five, six generation? Yeah, six generation. So uh, PS2, GameCube generation. Xbox. Xbox. So yeah, original Xbox. Xbox. That's yeah. true. If you were an Xbox back in the day playing your Halos. But uh, yeah, so for my pick for this one is uh, God of War 2. And it's so it's kind of funny because my pick is one of the very last... Um, like AAA games released for the PS2. Uh, it blew everyone away when it came out. Everybody saw it and went like, do I really need to buy a PS3 now? Like, this, if, can the PS2 look this good? Um, I love the first game. The sequel was everything that the first had and more. And uh, the main theme to me is just so... It's like so pounding and powerful and brutal. And it just like, it just completely exemplifies how you feel when you play as Kratos, you know, because he's just this like in impossibly angry all the time character, yeah. which, you know, a lot of people found goofy and silly, but I just, I, I can't get over how like awesome it felt. It, it really spoke to your anger. It, can, yeah, it, spoke, to, angry it guy. spoke to my hate. <laughs> <laughs> the rage I hold inside, but. Kratos just gets me. <laughs> yeah, but I've, I've always been like a, like just a nerd for Greek mythology. So this was just kind of like that perfect mashup of an amazing game. Uh, the type of game I like, which is just, you know, go through and destroy everything as you're powering through. Very linear, which I actually tend to uh, tend to be drawn to. And then had that Greek mythology tie-in that just, yeah, just couldn't do without. So um, one of the things I wanted to mention was this theme is kind of reused throughout all the games. But in this, in this game, it becomes a lot more regal because in the second game, you already start as the God of War, whereas in the first game, you're becoming the God of War. So listen for that big, like, kind of regal horns intro just as the track starts.
right, so there it was, the God of War 2, the main theme. Uh, so that came out in 2007, like I said, right near the end of the PS2's life. And the composer uh, was Gerard Marino. And I do remember, I saw, um, I've been to video games live a bunch of times, as I think, I know yeah, Aaron yeah, has. Been. Have you ever been? No. no. Oh, you gotta go, man. One of these times you're gonna have to go. <laughs> but uh, uh, I do remember when they introed this live, uh, he was saying that, like, the don't, 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 was inspired by the Greek words for like power and anger I think it was like the pronunciation of the words where he actually took the main like melody or beat of the song so that was kind of a cool well, when they played this song video games live they didn't have like a choir to go with it did they they did yeah they, they had, had the full the full choir, choir singing awesome. it. oh yeah, yeah. like I was like the first time like I think I actually got out of my suit <laughs> I was so pumped I was like yes my favorite game yeah so I was yeah like, compared to our last N64 picks it's quite a different series yeah it is uh, yeah and that's the other thing uh, I wanted to mention is just that that game really shows you like how far you've come. You know, we started the NES, go to the sixty four, and then all of a sudden you've got this. You know, full. You know, wouldn't be out of place in any movie or anything like that. Like full symphony and choir coming together for that song. So well, it's probably worth mentioning because we all did pick N sixty four tracks. That uh, there is quite a big leap there between the generations because yeah, we're going from cartridge based games yeah, to disc based -based games. And, uh, you know, the sound quality is totally different and you're no longer running off of sound chips and, and MIDI devices and whatnot. Yeah, and just so much more storage, just oh, raw yeah. storage to actually fit yeah. these fit these soundtrack just, on. Just like right? how we all love the Sega CD, right? And, uh, the music was <laughs> on that and it's so memorable and we all remember the Sega CD. Everybody loves the Sega yeah. CD. That is like the Don't worry, puzzle. in a future episode, we'll all be bringing out some Sega CD stuff. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, you it, can, it'll, uh, it'll be coming, it'll be coming. <laughs> just run the Sega CD off a couple uh, D batteries and just put some headphones <laughs> in and go roller skating with your Sega CD. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. If you took a Sega CD game and put it in your CD player, you could listen to the soundtrack. You could listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I didn't even have one, but I remember yeah. some neighborhood kid had one and we the first time we did it we and he was like check this out and i was like oh this is amazing i can't believe this shit yeah so, so for my next pick of this generation i'm going with the dreamcast gamecube game called ikaruga and this was uh, an interesting game it was uh, a shoot 'em up type game um originally based on an arcade game and um it actually had a pretty interesting dynamic it was what was later dubbed as a bullet hell shooter and uh, one of the first games to kind of create the genre because of the amount of overwhelming enemies and projectiles coming your way. It's, uh, it's actually um, one of the more difficult games to play. And like uh, buttons for punishment among us. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough, but it had a really good soundtrack. And uh, my pick for this one, for this generation, is the very first song of the game to kick things off. It's Chapter One, also known as Ideal.
love that buildup at the beginning. Yeah, if you've ever played the game, that, that buildup to the song is actually uh, your ship flying around before you actually enter the fight, the battle. It's really neat because, you know, you get that high energy coming your way and it really, like, it gives you a good feeling about how that game is going to play. And then uh, the actual song kind of starts and then, you know, you're right in the middle of the battle, shooting, having all these waves of enemies coming at you. It's like nothing's happening, and then all of a sudden the screen is full of bullets. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's like, all right, this game just started, and here we go. And then the music, music hits you. Yeah, yeah, that music's so frantic. It's like, you almost be better off playing the game on mute so the music isn't also stressing you out. Yeah. yeah. Along with the insane amount of visuals on the screen. It's like, yeah. how's this even possible? You know what I mean? It's intense, like, insanity, plus the machinery. It's got yeah. this sort of, like, tech future kind of vibe. I almost even felt the lead up felt a little metroidy almost yeah absolutely yeah it's uh the gameplay is really really interesting because you're actually trying to on top of dodging the enemies you're juggling between different uh different shields that you have you actually switch between blue and red and you're trying to synchronize that with the enemy waves coming at you that are also blue and red so it's it's a complicated you know concept to to, to talk about but when you jump in it's interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, it's where like you can absorb one and then you shoot the other. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. You're attacked down by the other and then you can swap back and forth depending on which color bullets are. And enemies will be weaker if you're using the opposing color, mm -hmm. but if you're hit by that enemy, you know, you're no longer protected. So yeah. Who has time to think about strategy when it's a million bullets on yeah, screen? Yeah, absolutely. I remember seeing, seeing a video of that game the first time and just thinking, this game is impossible. Yeah. No yeah. one, no one can yeah. play this game. Who's ever going to beat this game? Well, like, we played it recently, and I think we took like several runs at it and got to like the first boss, and <laughs> yeah. maybe we beat the first oh, yeah. boss and then not pass that. Yeah. yeah. It, no, it reminds true. me of playing a game like Guitar Hero or something. How, Almost. How yeah. it's like if you're really, really good at it, you'll have the whole room watching you being totally blown yeah. away. Yeah. It's one of those kind of games. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Yeah. It's super. I don't know. Maybe maybe even a little harder because like Guitar Hero, you actually have there's difficulty levels in Guitar yeah. Hero. You know, yeah. you can start on easy and only play with two buttons. Ikaruga, it's like yeah. fuck you. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. There's no no fail mode in Ikaruga. It's no. all fail mode. All yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. So for mine, I have a uh, multi-platform title that's uh, also a very popular game. I played it on the GameCube specifically, and this is the uh, Ubisoft now classic Beyond Good and Evil. And the track I picked is uh, called Home Sweet Home, and composed by, I'm, I'm not sure if I can say this, because, you know, again, it's even worse than the Japanese names, because this is a big French composer, right? Yeah. So, uh, Christophe Herral, I'm not sure. Sure. But, yeah, anyway, <laughs> he, um, Home Sweet Home, he's actually the composer behind, uh, like, Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. And, of course, Michael Ansel, who did uh, the guy who's behind Beyond Good and Evil, he's the big guy behind Rayman as well. So yep. a lot of big Ubisoft names in there. Yeah. But uh, Beyond Good and Evil was, it was a great game, very Zelda-inspired, and it, uh, it had this like emotional sort of component to it that I wasn't expecting. And this song, Home Sweet Home, is this sort of melancholy song, so this kind of slows things down a bit, that plays at the very end of the game during the end credits, and it's sort of a bookend, because when you start the game, you're, you're, you, the character Jade is working in this orphanage, and with these kids, and so there's this home, you get a chance to explore it, and that's how you're introduced to the world. And at the very end, after this whole massive adventure's gone on, the credits sort of slow down, and it's just the camera slowly panning through this environment. It's showing you the windows, the drawings of the kids, a door from this house, and you're just kind of <laughs> like... silently yeah, weeping. Yeah, it's like, and then it's playing this like beautiful, melodic piano sort yeah. of tune, so let's listen to uh, Home Sweet Home from Beyond Good and Evil.
was uh, the the very melancholy tune, the nostalgic and melancholy tune, Home Sweet Home from Beyond Good and Evil, and I have to mention that while we were listening to that track, and we were talking about how great it is, and those of us who haven't played it in this room should absolutely play it, but we were saying that there was um, a remake of it, an HD texture sort of remake that came out quite a few years later on different systems. I just wanted to mention that it's on, it was on sale right now on Steam for $5, and there it's going to be on sale all the time on Steam, I'm sure, yeah. so if you're listening to this and you haven't played Beyond Good and Evil, pick it up. It's cheap. It's on PC. Well, it's on everything. I'm, I'm the guilty one here that hadn't played it, and uh, after hearing that song on Aaron's pick, I uh, absolutely love it. I think it's my favorite song that he's picked that I haven't heard yet, and I do want to play it. So, thanks for the note. I will pick it up on Steam. There you go. I might have to do the same for five bucks. Just can't go wrong. All right, so into the next generation, the second last generation, the PS3, Xbox 360, Wii generation. Um, for my pick uh, for this generation was um, a song from the game Journey, and uh, Aaron was mentioning how he thought Beyond Good and Evil was, you know, an emotional game. To me, I never cried once during Journey. <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah. So to me, there really is no more emotional game that I think I've ever played, um, uh, more than Journey. I bought the soundtrack. I like. I was like, I need to own a disc of this soundtrack right after I played the game so I went online I figured out where I could pre-order it and I pre-ordered it and uh, I have a signed copy sitting on the shelf at home I pulled it out and had a look at it uh, before we uh, before we recorded this podcast um, the violin especially in this track is uh, just absolutely phenomenal it's uh, would it's, you say haunting? I was good I would say haunting <laughs> I would say haunting it just you know it just blows me away so this is uh Apotheosis, I guess I would say, um, from the Journey soundtrack.
so there was Apotheosis from the Journey soundtrack. Composer Austin Wintory, absolutely awesome guy. Um, just in general, like if you follow him on any of his social media, he's always giving updates. He's a super nice guy. He's always thanking his fans. Um, I, I personally think that's probably the that game probably has the best music of any PS3 title, which is really saying something because there was a lot of games on the PS3 and a lot of great games with a lot of great music, but that one will forever stand out to me. And it, it was funny; I didn't it didn't come to mind immediately when we were thinking about recording this podcast, and then I just went through my own uh, library of video game music, and, and I was like. How did I forget this? Like, oh, this yeah. is this is absolutely the best. This is unquestionable. Yeah, you can't forget Journey because I mean that's a game that we almost all have like a personal connection with. Oh, absolutely. It's a game yeah. you, you feel something for, and I yeah. know I've mentioned it a few times. Like yeah. Journey is, it's all about the human connection, right? Yeah. It's about just our connection with other people. And I, I wrote this down as I have to mention. I bought. I don't. People may have seen this. If you're a fan of Journey, if you're listening, you're a fan of Journey. I bought this statue that the PlayStation Store offered. And it was this uh, this journey journey collectible statue, beautiful. It's the centerpiece of my basement. But uh, when I bought that, I wrote down this quote that was on the page, and it's from Genova Chen, the creative director of Journey. And they wrote, uh, Saint Augustine wrote, "People will venture to the heights of the mountains to seek wonder. They will stand and stare at the widths of the oceans to be filled with wonder. Yet they will pass each other in the street and feel nothing. Every individual is a miracle. Journey is a reminder of the wonders we find in each other." And I just love that quote because it's yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, that's, that's right, and it's so true. It's like, you know, it's so impersonal. And yeah. This game found a way without speaking, without anything, yeah. to connect people together and feel something for that other person. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who finished this game without tearing up, like, at least a little <laughs> bit. Like, if, if you didn't, you're just lying to yourself or you're dead inside. Cause no. it's just this game went totally over my head because when I saw it, I'm like, this game looks beautiful. This doesn't look like a video game. This looks like art. This is a masterpiece. I need to play it. So when I played it, I played through the entire game without realizing that the companion was actually another human being somewhere out there online playing with me because I had played through the game thinking that at points in time, the, the CPU was just utterly useless and other times it was actually helping me out. So after it was only after I played it and had talked with you guys that I realized that there's actually somebody on the other line that's playing with you. <laughs> and that's where that quote comes in where there's a human connection there that I completely missed out on. Yeah, yeah. and Journey does something cool with the other human you're playing with in that sense is like, it. You, you could go through the whole game with the same person, but yeah. if you guys get separated, it's going to seamlessly like disconnect you and reconnect you yeah, with somebody else. Yeah, it was so you never well noticed that it actually happened. But yeah. it's funny for you, like maybe you, your partner wandered away from you, and like when you got back together, it was a totally yeah. different person. So much better player. Useless. <laughs> or sometimes, yeah. for for all I knew, the, the the companion was showing me where to go, and I was like, where where are you going? I'm going this way. You're yeah. going that way. And then yeah. yeah, it just it didn't really make sense to me. But I'll have to give it another shot. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, the only other one last thing I want to say about that game is that there's a there's a game there's a level in that game where you're kind of surfing um, down a, down a sand dune and it and it changes perspective of the game for that for that particular section of the game and I don't think that there is any other game that feels better for surfing. Ah, <laughs> uh, flower, same studio. 
Same studio, but like the like that feels like snowboarding when you're when you're going down that sand, dude. Like all the all the things I love about snowboarding, I feel when I play that level. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, I would argue SSX three too, but you know, <laughs> get out of here, get out. Of here. And this is coming from the guy that picks sewer surfing, by the way, too. <laughs> Whatever, I like surfing. Maybe he has a thing for I like, surfing. I like I don't surfing know. things. I'm sorry, I want to mention one more thing about yep. while we're on this whole journey love kind of mm-hmm, trip mm-hmm. is that uh, I was saying like we talked beforehand that like a very haunting theme, but this is one of those games that's like. It does such such a good job of like manipulating you. I guess you could say it yeah. brings you down. Playing like, with these, your emotions. These low, yeah, these yeah. lowest depths. But as as far as that goes, it's also one of the most uplifting games. The Absolutely. Period. That last yeah. sequence when you're like going up and in and hurt further and far like yeah, like up to heaven almost. Oh yeah, it feels up to like, heaven yeah. and the music is just snow. soaring. It's like such an uplifting game. And yeah. It, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah I just, you... it, it played with my feelings and I love it for it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. All right. On to my pick for this generation. Uh, yeah, I've I, this one was a little uh, different for me because I actually played this game over Christmas a few years back, thinking it was just going to be, you know, just a five-minute time waster and then move on to the next game. And it's uh, it actually turned out to be one of my favorite games of all time, and very surprised by it. It's a game called La Mulana by indie developer Nigoro, and uh, what it is is it's uh, an Indiana Jones inspired dungeon crawler and uh, I thought you know it might be like the old dungeon crawlers of the past like uh, Montezuma's Revenge which was one of my favorite games growing up Uh, it definitely had the kind of look and feel of an old retro game and uh, it was inspired by the old MSX games of the 80s so they they, it was definitely one of those new games that they you know tried to upgrade of pitfall yeah exactly (laughs) that's that's essentially it so jumped into the game thinking all right well let's just see you know Indiana Jones is fun dungeon crawlers let's let's have at it immediately the soundtrack caught my attention kept me playing the game and then after going through the first level I was hooked and ended up playing it for months absolutely love it and would recommend it to anyone Uh, let's jump into my pick for this soundtrack Uh, The song is called Fearless Challenger on La Mulana. Check it out.
Laomulana, Fearless Challenger. One thing I forgot to mention was that that is the remake. This is, for this generation, uh, Laomulana came out in 2011 and 2012 on PC and WiiWare, but the original came out back in 2005. So again, I'd highly recommend checking this one out if you're into dungeon crawlers and Metroidvania-style games. It's, it's a lot of fun. And who isn't? And speaking of remakes, <laughs> remakes. All right, like here we're talking about uh, my pick. Segway. For... <laughs> speaking of segways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. My pick for this generation on the Wii is from the remake of Punch Out. And I guess this was kind of a sequel, kind of a remake. It was its own thing, but I have to say, amongst remakes and things of that sort, this was perfect. This is how you do a remake right. Mm. You basically take the core concept of Punch-Out, you don't change the actual mechanics of the game, yeah. but it was beautiful, the music was fantastic, it yeah. was fun, it was funny, it had everything that I wanted out of that game. And one of the best parts of it was the re-recorded music with actual instruments of the themes. And so my pick for this generation from Nintendo, developed by Next Level Games, this is the minor circuit theme from Punch-Out. minor circuit theme. The neat thing about this game is that there are three circuits, major, minor, and world, and they actually did each of the songs, like, they did the same song three times, but just changed its style for each one, so yeah. depending on the intensity of the fight, it's a different version of that song. Yeah. All done really well, all absolutely great. Yeah, we were just saying while we were listening, the game is kind of like that, it's the perfect kind of remake, where it's the game, in your head, it's the game you remember as a child brought onto the screen. Yeah. And when you go back and play the original, you're like, wow, this, <laughs> well, ooh, it hasn't aged that yeah. well. But then when you play the remake, you're like, no, this is what it was. This yeah. is what it was to me. This, this is a rose-colored glasses yeah. version of the game. This right? is what it's I like, played in the 80s exactly. right here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can go back and play the original. I still love the original, yeah. but they're, so, they're almost the same game in their mechanics. They're so close to each other that you can play one and play the other and everything, like, crosses over yeah it, just it was like it was like all the characters from the original completely brought to life so much mm -hmm. personality oh, in the game the intros the little cartoon intros oh, yeah. and everything it was 
It was everything you needed. Also, with all that game, all the secrets and all the tricks you learned against enemies, it's like how to one-shot Bald Bull, that kind of stuff. It's like, you learned that in the original game and it totally worked in the new game. <laughs> yeah, all the strategies awesome. carried right across. So. Yeah, anybody can play this game, but if you played the original, you'll have a couple tricks up your sleeve. Yeah. Alright, so I guess that takes us to our final generation, the current generation uh, of the PS4, Xbox One, Wii U generation. Um, my pick for this one uh, is Mario Kart 8. Um, it's the it's actually a remake of... there In the, in the game there's a bunch of, just like a, most of the modern Mario Karts, there's remakes of or re-recordings of old songs from old Mario Karts and then a bunch of new tracks. But my my favorite, my pick for this one, is the GBA Mario Circuit remake, if you will. And, uh, you know, this is arguably one of the best, if not the best, Mario Kart game. It's, you know, a lot of people have their favorites, but... It took, the be- it took all the best elements of all the previous ones, put yeah. them together, yeah. and then amped it up to ten by having, like, vertical tracks and crazy things it's like that. It's hard to admit it, but I think this might be my favorite yeah. as well. It's still a little bit rubber bandy. <laughs> a little bit rubber bandy for me, It's the Mario Kart way. It is. It, well, it's the modern Mario Kart. Yeah, if they sure. figured out how to fix battle mode, hands down, oh, this yeah. would be easily the best. Yeah, the actually, yeah. All they have to do to fix battle mode is put battle... Uh, arenas in there. That's tracks, they yeah. 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 They just don't put, the, put them on the regular tracks. Just yeah. give us some actual battle, tra- battle tracks. It'll be perfect. And uh, so one of the things that I absolutely love about this game is they brought in all real musicians and recorded all this music live. There's actually a bunch of YouTube videos out there. If you search for them, you can find uh, videos of, like, they took videos of the musicians actually recording the tracks. And uh, I love them. I, I made a personal YouTube playlist and I watch it all the time just because I, I keep going back to it. I keep loving it so much. Again, another killer bass line in this track. I just yeah, <laughs> I get it a lot. It's going to be a big theme here. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a big theme for me forever. But um, Mike's bass line episode. Makes, Mike's bass line episode. <laughs> Maybe we will do just a killer bass line episode. But uh, yeah, so have a listen to the GBA Mario Circuit Mario Kart 8 track. GBA Mario Circuit Mario Kart 8 remix another Funkatronic Bassatronic <laughs> Funkatronic Sexatronic sounds it's just, I, just, I just love it I love it I, I could listen to that song I've, I've had that song on my iPod since the game came out I listen to it probably every other day like that that maybe not that track but that that uh, soundtrack for sure. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. It's just fantastic. Another game just like Punch It where you've taken like these old tracks and old kind of things and like just amped it out, recorded it live, yeah. and I- improved it. And it's exactly like the tracks in the game too, right? Where 
you basically have taken these old tracks from the previous games, you've made them this beautiful like HD overlay, and there's no denying that that game is absolutely yeah, gorgeous. gorgeous yeah. yeah, and then also on top of that, doing this Mario Kart 8 twist, where there'll be like an upside down or a vertical section. There's like they'll take your standard Mario circuit loop, and it's just you know standard like NASCAR style track. Yeah, and then they'll just at the beginning, you'll look into the distance at the beginning when you're at the starting blocks, and you'll see the whole track like raising up into this vertical sort of thing, and it's yeah. just bend up. Yeah, the original levels were pretty simplistic, so to put that Mario Kart 8 spin on it is, mm -hmm. is really neat. Yeah. yeah, it's part of what makes that game so good. If you've and ever loved Mario Kart, it's it's the best. Yeah, and it's you know, I I think it's it's a game worth owning the Wii U for. It's it's I love it that mm. much. I and I I go back and play it single player all the time. Even though it's a it's a game best enjoyed multiplayer, but I'll I'll still play it single player. It's a yeah, system Nintendo seller, is still yeah. you know they're not very good with DLC yet, but DLC on that is right. That's true. That's yeah. true. It has great DLC. Oh yeah, like new, new characters, character. new tracks, great and and the music in the DLC is awesome as yeah, well. Yeah, they changed not like on the Animal Crossing and the Zelda yep. tracks new sound effects. So yeah. it's not coins anymore. It's, it's rupees, rupees and it makes the rupee sound when yeah. you collect. And there's it. and there's sound the bites hidden in the track actually yeah. when you go through those levels you yeah. can hear different yeah. sounds but it's only if you're in the right spot on the track in that spot of the track exactly it's like, it's like you're playing that game and sometimes you gotta play single player just to like pull up to a section and stop and park there and listen to the ambient sounds <laughs> yeah. that they've actually lose put in the there. race intentionally yeah, just exactly. to listen to the sounds just yeah. back up and I'll just listen to Tota KK playing his guitar on the Animal Crossing absolutely absolutely like yeah awesome on to the next song uh, for my pick for this generation I'm also going with the Wii U and uh, this was another tough choice because the composer that I chose uh, goes by the name David Wise, and he's been working on video games since the beginning. I easily could have picked him and any one of his songs for any generation, but uh, I held on to this song when I got to the Wii U because what it meant to me. I'm going with the song Grassland Groove from Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Let's take a listen.
absolutely love that track, and that ending is killer. The way that uh, they chant Donkey Kong's name at the end, uh, you would think that that would have been like the anthem of the game, like the first level song or something, but this, love, this, this song actually takes place about midway through the game. And that ending, it actually syncs up to whenever you get to the end of the game, the way that the song just transitions into it it all depends on when you get to the end and then they 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 hit you with that that, those donkey kong vocals really (laughs) cool um but uh again david wise on that one uh from 2014 tropical freeze um that that song it's just the way that uh it transitions through the level it just it really ties together the gameplay and the music better than any other song i've heard the only one that i can think of that david wise has done that comes close which might actually be a bit better. Uh, most people know um, the Sticker Brush Symphony from Donkey Kong Country 2. I think that's another great one of his. If you haven't heard it, check it out. But uh, really, anything from David Wise is awesome. All right, well, moving on to my pick for this generation. Surprise, it's a Wii U title. You may have guessed from listening to this podcast that we're you know, a little Nintendo. We're not Nintendo biased. We like everything, but a lot of our picks picks are going to be Nintendo. And mine is actually a multi-platform game, so you can't even say Wii U specifically. There you go. But mine is another, you know, remake. I don't know what it is about remakes of me tonight. And also talking about, and on that point of songs that should be the theme for the game, this is a classic. I copped out. I could have picked this on the NES, but this is the moon theme from DuckTales Remastered. And the moon, like my first pick, my NES pick, which was Dr. Wily's Castle, um, another song that has been like remixed yeah. and done a one million of, one times. One of the great oh, video yeah. game songs of all oh, time. Yeah, yeah like, a lot yeah, of and, retro gamers will, will tell you this could be the number one song of all time. Yeah, and there's and so, like many, every, so many people's favorites, right? So many yeah. people would say the best song ever. Oh, yeah, and it's been mixed into so many different genres. We all listened to the mariachi version recently. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just, it works on so many levels. Yeah. And it's funny that it's the moon theme level because it's like... This should be this is the theme yeah, song of the game. Theme song of the game. Even yeah. though Ducktales theme song is the theme song of the game, yeah. But and I love that one too. But anyway, the uh, Ducktales remastered uh, uh, version of the Moon, and this was a uh, Capcom game, obviously, and developed. The remake was done by WayForward, and WayForward is a, a great company. Does a great lot developer. Of, yeah. Oh yeah, I love the like, like very slick things. Great music. Most of it done by this composer, Jake uh, Vert Kaufman, who is not with WayForward anymore, but. Uh, um, his name's Jake Kaufman. He goes by the online name Vert. Does a lot of great chiptune work, and he'll he'll pop up several times. I'm sure in future podcasts. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I do like a lot of his work. So I am going to mention one more thing before we play the track, and is that uh, and this also goes back to our whole remake of Punch Out and how it was so great hearing the remastered versions of old songs and even your uh, Game Boy Advance track for yep. Mario Kart Super Circuit. And he said on a documentary for this game, he said, uh, "I've heard this stuff in my head as arrangements since I was 10." So even though he's listening to the original stuff, he's already hearing it as arrangements, that whole rose-colored glasses thing. So I knew exactly what to do, what I would do if I got the opportunity. And he never took it as a fan. He never actually went and did it in all of his days of doing fan arrangements. Yeah. So when the opportunity that came up to actually do it professionally <laughs> Fantastic and put restraint. it in the game, like, yeah. and he, did, he already knew exactly what he was going to do. Yeah, and there you go. It turned out very well. So here's the moon theme from DuckTales Remastered.
times. It's a classic track, and it absolutely deserves to be yeah. on my favorite music of all time. I just the just the the first like three seconds of do do and you're just oh memories come back. The flood, the emotions. I have to mention. I was just mentioning to Jordan earlier that uh, one thing I'd seen on this game is that somebody, I guess, had had a pet that had passed away recently, a corgi that they really loved. Oh, okay. And they did this, like, online video, this, like, version of it where it's dedication. basically a dedication video where it's to the, the corgi dog. to the dog, <laughs> where it's, like, the picture of the dog flying, like, against a starry background of the city, <laughs> and it's, like, flying through space to the moon theme. And was like, it, like, pixel art did they do? It was, like, well, the dog wasn't, but I think oh, okay. the city may have been, like, oh, a pixel okay. art, and the stars in the background were pixel art. So beautiful. Playing to the moon theme, there and I'm go. like, there could be no better tribute. <laughs> to anyone, this is, yeah. To anyone. This is what I want when I die. <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. You absolutely Played at my this. funeral. Yeah. Yeah. The moon theme, please. If, you, uh, if you're playing the new remastered version as well in the options menu, there's, there's a, a setting to switch between the remastered versions of the songs, and you can go back and play the 8-bit versions as well which is really cool yeah and i also want to mention on that note like uh, uh jake kaufman he he even composed new stuff for the game as well and he went back and did 8-bit versions also of those new com compositions yeah just so we could if you did that transition yeah. you get that the consistency as well and on one last thing that i absolutely loved about this game this was a late addition to the game is that they actually got the original voice of Scrooge McDuck, Alan Young, to voice Scrooge oh, McDuck I didn't even know that. in the game, and they weren't even planning on it. It's basically they were working Did on the game. Did you step up? Or? Well, no, they were working on the game, and of course they were doing it in conjunction with Disney. And Disney just came to them and said, hey, if we could get you the original voice of Scrooge McDuck, would you want to do it? And they're like, well, of course. <laughs> so they actually recorded... Hell yes! They, recorded a, they wrote a whole bunch of additional stuff just because they had the voices. Oh, so nice, they had nice, nice. The original voice of Scrooge McDuck. They had June Foray, which is the original voice of Magicka Dispel yeah, in there okay. as well. Like Anywhere that, yeah. where they could get the original voices from the DuckTales they cartoon did. series, they did. And, wow. you know, that's this game was... It was a tribute to that original game and a tribute to the DuckTales cartoon, yeah, which I love. A love letter, right? Yeah. Totally a love letter game. I'm, I'm a big fan of love letter games, if done right. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So there you have it. There is the first episode of the VGM Generations podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Posbon. Again, I'm with Aaron Blauchuk. Hello. And uh, Jordan Walensky. Hello. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. We hope you uh, rate it, like it. Um, and uh, share it share it absolutely share it with your friends if you know anyone else who will like it listen to more of this music search for these composers search for these composers and on that note if you find something you love feel free to send it to us we have a twitter account and a email account our email is vgmgenerations at gmail.com and our twitter account is also easy to remember it's we're just tweet us at uh, vgm generations and as our final piece for this episode uh we're gonna just talk about what we're currently gaming me myself i am still very much addicted to rocket league i can't stop playing this game i obsess over my uh ranked level every time i go down <laughs> i want to flip the table and it's just i can't You've got stop. an addiction and you need help <laughs> i need i need rocket league anonymous <laughs> <laughs> You and probably like a million other people. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Aaron, what are you? I'm currently playing the same thing I've been playing for like the last month, and it's because right now is is Star Wars time. It's Star it Wars. It's Star month. Wars month. It's Star Wars week. Star Wars Star, year. Yeah. And I've been playing Battlefront, and I know there's been a lot of like divisiveness over Battlefront, but yeah. I'm still enjoying it because big fan of the originals, and it just captures everything so well. So. You can find me in Battlefront if you want to shoot some stormtroopers. There you go. And Jordan, what game are you uh, gaming? Well, I've been playing a lot of Mario Maker ever since it came out. I haven't really stopped. I love it. Mario Maker on the Wii U. 
and uh, a little bit of Eternal Darkness on GameCube. I'm always playing something retro. Uh, also playing Ocarina of Time on my 3DS, and uh, definitely love that one as well. There's so. a lot of games. Three games I, on the go at the same time. I, <laughs> I, have al I always have at least three or four on the go. So I just wrapped up Resident Evil Revelations, so I'm in a good clear point where I can focus on one thing. There you go, there you go. So. I, I technically have like a bunch of other games on the go, but Rocket League just keeps <laughs> sucking me in. Every time I think of yeah, it. It's not like our piles are getting any smaller. That's no. true, that's true. And I just I gotta give Jordan props. He he's made some of the best Mario Maker levels that I've played on the like anywhere right now. So if uh, if you find his levels, definitely give him uh, give him that uh, thumbs up. How, how can we find your levels Ooh, on Mario? Uh, Maker? Well, you know Nintendo, right? So yeah. you probably you <laughs> there's probably no way can't. to directly find them. They uh, stumble across. They're one. introducing that search. That's true. The, so, yeah, yeah, the search the search tool is coming early next year. I think my online handle is Rockmon One. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so. but yeah, I, I totally agree. Jordans are amongst the best levels that I've played on. Yeah, there, so G give him well, give him you. lots of stars, lots of love. <laughs> set set world records, <laughs> world so. record. So yeah, thanks everyone, and uh, we'll catch you next time.